0: How many apples grow on a tree? All of them. Mm. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Face for Wrestling Podcast. I forever am host number one, the Matt. Joined as ever with host number B. That's where you're supposed to talk.
1: I don't wanna. (laughs) I'm Waldo.
0: And, host numero trace, Dr. Brian. Thank you, Doctor. Doctor.
1: So here we are, NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way, our third show, and we actually got around to recording this, what, about a week and a half after the last episode? Yeah, much quicker. This show takes place on September 11th, 2014. They will let us know that later in the episode. Still at Full Sail Arena, with about 400 in attendance again. Tickets are still on average for about 15 bucks, which they're I, I give it like two or three shows before they actually kick up the price.
0: Dude, I'm I'm wishing we were there when they were doing this, when they were 15 dollars a ticket. I would I would have been on all over it.
1: Oh, same here. Uh, you can't find even a house show now, as long as they're being held and not canceled somewhere that mm. for less than uh, what 40 50 bucks right now.
0: Speaking of. That show we were going to check out before you decided to haul off and fly to Poland. Okay. That company no longer exists. They had a show on a Saturday, and on Friday, they emailed the talent and the fans and said, Yep, we don't exist anymore. Sorry. Another company in town, I forget the name of it, they were running a show the same night. They did try to capitalize off of it a little bit and tell the fans, Hey, bring your tickets over here. We'll let you in.
1: Well, that's not too bad.
0: No, good on that promotion, and the promotion. Even though they shut down like out of the blue, they did say you know they were gonna make sure all the talent got paid for the ones that were there and needed a way out. They were offering refunds and everything. So I mean, they they handled the shutdown properly, but it just came out of nowhere.
1: I mean, it just goes to show you that even though we have a lot of promotions popping up on TV now, with biggest example being AEW coming up, mm-hmm. uh, Impact won't die for some reason. It just refuses to go away. It's still hard for an independent promotion to really get off the ground and go. Most of them stick around for two or three years, but after that, it's really difficult to hang on.
0: Well, like, according to the press release, it's... The main owner is accepting all responsibility and saying it's personal reasons and personal finances and everything. He's not putting it on the company or the talent. It's just his mismanagement is what it seems like. Do you hate to see it? You know, as you said, if you're not prepared to get into it, you shouldn't get into it. I think it was Jerry Lawler said it best. If he won $100 million, he wouldn't open up a company.
1: This show goes a full two hours. What do you think of the length?
0: The length is perfect. I don't want to spoiler here a little bit, but this show was a little bit hard to watch compared to some of the other ones we've seen. If it had gone longer than two hours, there's no way I could have made it in one sitting.
1: I think the first hour is what did it, and then going into the second hour really saved the show.
0: Yeah, but I mean, just the length, though. If they'd have, if they'd have chunked another even another hour on there, I don't I don't know if I could have sat through it in one sitting.
1: Well, this takes me to a question I have for you. With the scheduling of the NXT specials being about four or five a year right now and the length of the show being between two and later on three hours, what do you think of NXT kind of mimicking the old new generation and prior pay-per-view special scheduling?
0: I like it. It gives you time to build up the feuds, and you know we'll go into that once we get to the matches. But on top of that, like it's... I would rather you take your time and you get it ready so that when it goes on, it's your best show you can do. Again, I think it was Cody and the Young Bucks, speaking of AEW, they said it more as a dig towards a tag team that will later be in NXT. They're talking about how you, know, you get to work this match and build this match for so long, it better be good. They meant it as an insult, but it's actually a positive. Like, yeah, you have this much time in between your big specials. Get them right. Have them ready.
1: Well, we have six matches tonight, and I have in my notes here – it's actually about four and three quarters.
0: Yeah, they were holding on to that uh, squash match per, but they added another one.
1: So the pay-per-view kicks off and we have the then now forever, but it's interrupted by the NXT logo. Kind of a staticky, changing the sound up a little bit, letting you know that this is more of a almost similar to an invasion type thing.
0: Yeah, I have that same note. I I really dug it. Yeah, you're getting a WWE product, but it's something different. And it's something new, and it's it, it's it gave it a nice feel to the intro.
1: I think it's a very good way to kind of separate, even though it's the same company overall. Yeah. We have a separation between the main rosters, because there's, what, two or three main rosters right now. And you have NXT, which is, at this point, separate.
0: Well, no, at this point, you're still getting a little bit of back and forth. Like I said, you'll, you'll still see some of the main roster people coming down to NXT. They like mentioned later on in the show, some of the NXT guys worked Raw previously. So it's still a very WWE product at the moment. And they'll get away from that, and it'll become solely NXT to the point to when they start calling some of these people up. They won't even, like, reference the fact that what they did prior to this in NXT. So it's it's... A little bit of a mixed bag still at the moment, but we're going to get to that point to where it is a completely separate entity pretty much.
1: The crowd is hot for this show, and we have signs in the we crowd do. again. We saw one or two in the previous two shows, but in this show, it kind of looks like the Attitude error a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's it's the, the crowd's huge. I'm immediately sad, and I have to point out before you even say it, no regal. It, it, I was immediately sad, and he was one of the highlights for the past two shows. So to hear a new announced team starting, I'm already a little bit trepidatious. But you know, we'll get into that as the as the show goes on. But immediate downer from the get go that we don't have Regal anymore. Though he has been promoted up to general manager.
1: Yes, this happened two weeks ago on one of their weekly TVs. Before we get into the first match, I just want to make a note that uh, I saw a 9.99 T-shirt in the crowd
0: a 9.99 t-shirt, really.
1: Yes, and out of curiosity, I went on the WWE store just to see how much this 9.99 shirt cost, and they're currently listed at 2 euro 94, and that is about $3.27 in proper American dollars. Not
0: even 9.99 anymore.
1: Nope, they've kind of dropped the ball on this one.
0: Yeah, but I'm sure they weren't 9.99 when they came out.
1: No, and I'd like to hear from some of our fans if they even remember going back and looking for these things whenever they were out. Right. But like I said, we go straight into the first match. There ain't no horsing around with this one. No promo packages or anything. The Lucha Dragons coming out with Callisto and Sinbachi versus yep. the Ascension.
0: And as ever, I got a little bit of background information for you. All right, go ahead. For Ascension, see last episode. Easy enough. Same for Callisto. The only new information I have is Sin Cara. To go into his background is a little weird. You have to know that there was an original Sin Cara and then a secondary Sin Cara. The original Sin Cara was a Mexican wrestler who had been known as Mystico. And he was kind of a pet project of Triple H. It was like the first wrestling project that he got behind when he got, you know, bumped up. This dude Mystico was, he was touted as like the next Rey Mysterio. Like he was going to be the next big deal coming out of Mexico. He signed in February of 2011, became known as Sincara, which is Spanish for faceless. In July, he was suspended for his first wellness policy. So he didn't start off great. Um, While he was gone on the wellness policy violation, they didn't want to get rid of the character. It was seeing some good um, merch shells, and the kids were digging it. So they brought in Jorge Arias, who was... Hunico, who we talked about a little bit in the last episode to put the mask on once he came back from the wellness policy he started feuding with he is non-union mexican equivalent the imposter sincara so there was this imposter feud angle with azul sincara and negro sincara and they had a mask versus mask and the original sincara won the fake sincara went back to being hunico then jorge would be released in january of 2014 basically and this is where he gets his nickname that you so lovingly have placed upon him sin Bocce. he just didn't he didn't translate well in an american ring um he was botching left and right nothing was smooth on top of that if i remember correctly there was a lot of talk about like he just refused to learn english i mean even when he left like he just was like straight up oh, it's WWE's fault, they wouldn't let me wrestle the style I wanted to, that's why it looked bad, and I own the rights to the name, so I'm still going to wrestle as Sin Cara, I don't care. He didn't keep that long, he became Mysticara, a playoff of Mystico and Sin Cara. But the guy who replaced him, Jorge Arias, seems to have a good background, not as sloppy as the original. Would you like to know what his first job was?
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: He worked at his family's funeral home.
1: I'm okay with this.
0: I figured you might be. (laughs) Um Another weird side note, he actually, when he started wrestling, Jorge started wrestling, he actually wrestled as Mystico, and his Mystico character actually probably predates the big Mystico, but nobody's quite sure which one came first. When he signed to AAA, he actually had to change his name, because AAA didn't want to get sued by the the big star uh, Mystico, so it became incognito. He's actually from El Paso, so he is, you know, American, born and bred, speaks English. Unlike most luchadors, he was able to get work pretty much all over America, as opposed to just having a stick down there. Uh, he wrestled for TNA. He wrestled for NWA. He wrestled for Shikara. And in 2009, he signed to WWE. Uh, he did the FCW run. 2011, he became Hunico. He actually won the tag team champions down in FCW. And after last our last special Callisto, who was unable to get the Tag Team Championship with El Locale, he booted Local and grabbed Sin Cara to be his team.
1: So those are a lot better notes than what I have, because as soon as I saw Mystico come out, I saw Sinbachi come out right behind him, and I said, El yeah, Local doesn't look like that. He looks <laughs> less
0: fat. The setup for this match is pretty simple. As we said last, last episode, Ascension's just been pretty much dominating everybody to the point to where nobody really wants to fight them. So they held a number one contendership tournament. And Sincara and Callisto won. And that leads us to where we are.
1: I'm listening to the show. Mm-hmm. I glance up at the ring announcement, and it's not Brandy Rhodes. It's JoJo. It is JoJo. And then I hear this screeching, annoying commentary come through. We have tonight Renee Young, Tom Phillips, and Byron Saxton. And a couple of notes I want to point out real quick is – Somebody in the sound booth is playing with equalization on Phillips and Saxton because tonight they sounded just alike.
0: I could differentiate them. Uh, Saxton was trying to play a Hill character, but he was healing on everybody instead of teaming up with the Hills, which was weird. Um, You could really tell without Regal there that he was, this is my chance. I'm going to make it. I'm going to do it. But he was terrible. Renee's not as terrible, but she adds on more than having original thoughts, if that makes sense. She never started any of the commentary. She always just jumped in whenever somebody else would say something.
1: As the Ascension are coming out, Phillips says the Lucha Dragons are the number one contenders.
0: So the Ascension comes out, and we immediately are greeted with Yah, Yah,
1: Yah. Well, Phillips also notes that they've been champs for 344 days, so this continuation of days as champions count is still going, which I, I really enjoy that. I'm a, I'm a fan. I heard the Yah chants as well, too. So, Victor and Bachi start with a couple of stiff blows, and Sankara does a few moves off the second rope, like a second rope flying crossbody, which was pretty neat.
0: Yeah, I got the moonsault. It was pretty nice.
1: Uh, Victor dumps Sankara to the outside after Sankara kicks Connor off of the apron. Mm-hmm. Connor runs into Sankara into the apron, back first a couple of times, a few boots in the corner, and then all of a sudden, these yaw chants with, along with the boots. <laughs> A lot of pinfall attempts in this one, but the crowd is really in this match, and I can't quite tell who's facing who's heel in this one. Same,
0: and the weird thing for me was, all throughout this match, Renee keeps trying to put over the Lucha Dragons as if they're this just like, awesome, awesome team, and I'm just not seeing it in this match. It's it's not saying that they're working bad, it's just not to the level that Renee's trying to sell them
1: yeah, I completely agree. Renee was a little overzealous in this match.
0: She was all for the Lucha Dragons.
1: Victor puts Sinkara in a full Nelson in the middle of the ring on the mat, which would look that would look pretty cool. Yeah. Victor tries to powerbomb Sinkara outside, but it's reversed into a Rana. I
0: got that. They actually pulled that off really well. He powerbombed him actually onto the top rope, and Sinkara was able to pull a Hurricanrana out of it. Like, they botched a little bit at the beginning when they were getting into place over the top rope. It still looked really good.
1: I have here written in my notes, "Ya, ya, he broke out. Oh, it's because the fans are no longer counting pen attempts. They're just saying "ya." So, yeah, yeah. Yeah! Oh, he broke oh, out! Yeah, it was a nice
0: little... I like that. I have that same note that when it's, every time Ascension goes for a pin, instead of counting it, Yah! 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 I really wish I knew where the yaws came from. I haven't seen the Ascension actually do it themselves, so I'm kind of confused, but I like it.
1: Sinkara finally hits an insecurity from the mat to Connor. Connor mm. pushes Sinkara back to the corner like a lineman, man. He was on yeah. all fours.
0: <laughs> shoulder to shoulder, crawling, pushing him against back into his own corner to keep him from making the tag. It was legit the highlight of the match for me. I have never seen anybody do this before.
1: Sinkara back rolls out of it. Connor tags Victor, and Sinkara gets the hot tag over to Callisto, and man, that tag was hot.
0: The only note I have at this point is Callisto is great.
1: Yeah, he hits a top rope crossbody and clears house to a two count.
0: Yeah, he hits about five different kinds of flips on the different people and just running back and forth. They call him the human pinball machine, and they're not wrong. He's just running back and forth, hitting both of them, throwing in flips when he can. And it looks clean. It looks good. No botching. This is how this style of wrestling should be done.
1: Uh, Sekara dives out onto Connor on the outside, and then we get Lucha Dragon Chance.
0: Well, I have this note that Sin Cara dives to the outside while Callisto leads the crowd in a lucha chant. At this point, Rene says, the crowd loves these guys. Wrong. The crowd loves Callisto. Callisto is so over right now.
1: Callisto tries to do a double crossbody to the outside. The Ascension dump him over, but Sin Cara tries a flying crossbody on his own and succeeds in knocking them over. Callisto gets hit with a lariat JBL would be proud of so good a try for the fall of man but sincara holds on to connor and distracts victor callisto hits the solid
0: solid del soul
1: thank you and pins victor for the win and the tag belts in eight minutes so this is where i'm glad that i don't pre-watch the show before i take notes i I just pause to -hmm. write something down because i have written right here where do the ascension go from here so the Lucha Dragons are heading back out to the ramp. They just got the belts. The crowd are still cheering for them. And they're met by Renee Young for reasons.
0: Yeah, this was really strange to me. I don't know why you get up from the desk to interview.
1: Sakara and Kalisto cut a very short promo for victory.
0: Yeah, I got Renee interviews a winded Lucha Dragons. Bland promo from new champs.
1: I don't think it did him any favors.
0: Yeah, it didn't do anything from anybody and even like going back to what you were talking about, what where does the extension go from this? As much as I think this was good booking from the Lucha Dragon standpoint, because it's exactly what we talked about on the last show, Sankara was in there to do to get beat up, and then Callisto comes in like a house on fire at the end. It made that look good. But these are your champions who have been champions now for three hundred and forty four days. And they just lost to a random team in seven minutes and forty eight seconds. I, I mean there, there,
1: there was a tournament.
0: Yeah, but this should have been a storyline built into this. There should have been, give it a little bit more time, you know, take out something later on in the night, give them a couple more minutes at least, have a strong showing from the extension so that the Lucha Dragons look even stronger coming out of it.
1: And I understand why it was on the opening of the card because you got a lot of athleticism in the ring displaying for the crowd. But this this did not do any favors for the follow-up behind this up until the women's match.
0: Yeah, this did nothing for anybody. Um, It did give me time to think of a question for you, though. Go ahead. I am curious. Besides Rey Mysterio, has a masked wrestler ever really gotten over in America?
1: La Parka, the chairman of the board?
0: Sorry, besides Rey Mysterio and LaParca, has a mass wrestler ever really gotten over in America?
1: Shame on you. <laughs> Shame. Shame. Shame.
0: Well, there's a follow-up question, and I knew you was going to go with Parker for the follow-up question.
1: Off the, uh, besides Rey Mysterio and the chairman, I can't really think of anybody off the top of my head.
0: Fair enough. So, which leads me to the second question. If you had to pick, what would be your three favorite masked wrestlers?
1: Today, and we're not talking about the past. We're talking about everything considered from when we first started watching wrestling eons yeah, ago to just now, of right? All time. Yeah, just of all time. All right, I'm going to have to go with the chairman of the board. He's on my list. I like Jushin Thunder Liger from a historical aspect. Fair point. Uh, he's also retiring this year, uh, actually next January. Yep. Uh, start.
0: Good choices. Good choices. I think I got you beat, though. Okay. So, chairman of the board, also made my list. Mankind. Yes, I know I'm cheating a little bit, but he wore a mask, damn it. He wore a jockstrap. It was still a mask. It covered his face a little bit. Are you about to go into Vader? (laughs) I almost went with Vader. Uh, But no, uh, my third one, I actually had to go with uh, Mortis. From Wrath and Mortis, you know, the tag team that was brought in to fight Glacier and WCW. Oh,
1: if Glacier had kept wearing that stupid mask when he got in the ring, he'd be in my top three also. Oh, he would
0: definitely be in my top three, but he <laughs> removed the mask. So I, I knew you wouldn't give let me have him. But I really was a fan of Mortis until he lost the mask and became Canyon and, you know, terrible. Who,
1: By the way, going back to Glacier for a minute. This guy, his work with AEW as far as like training and trying to put over new talent. Mm. Man, if he hadn't been sidelined with that stupid Sub-Zero gimmick in WCW, he could have gone places.
0: Dude, he's still owning it. He he just released a video on AEW's like YouTube channel. It's him and Brandy Rhodes making ice cream. He is owning this like Sub-Zero ice character gimmick still to this day.
1: Well, you have to do something when a company spends over 200 grand just on your outfit and entrance alone.
0: Fair enough. But yeah, he he definitely would have been in my top three, but he removed the mask when he wrestled, so I had to give it to Mortis.
1: Dude, we're stalling, man. This first hour was just rough.
0: Yeah, I just didn't want to get into the next stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, because we cut into a uh, 9-11 memorial segment real quick by Phillips, and obviously the crowd was not aware of this because no. they are just going at it about something. And it was
0: just awkward. I wasn't expecting it. Like, I didn't. I didn't put 2 and 2 together. It's 911. The show's happening on 911 and all that. But even was like it's been 13 years. And it's like, "Wait, what?" Like that's a, a weird number to choose to have a memoriam for. Like it was just it was just
1: awkward. After we get done with that segment, we cut over to our favorite British redneck for a promo package. The Neville promo. 911. I'm in here. Go make low mark. Man, go dig. Boom. Man, it's a fire day. And it dump that gum. That come down, everywhere. Man, I don't know. So many men run out there. I don't know if he dig. Check man, Jones gonna be coming down here. Sir, you are going to have to speak more slowly. I cannot understand you. bang oh, make low mark and dump that gum. That it boom.
0: This is the first bad promo package I think NXT has done and. It's just because I'm not sure what was going on. Well, he starts off very underdog, like very, everybody says I'm not great. Everybody says I'm sucking. I, I'm undefeated this year. Like, why are you doing this for a guy who is undefeated and who's been champ now for like eight months? But then the last like 30 seconds he swaps to this like cocky vibe and they even like pitch in some audio of the of the announcer saying he's getting cocky and he's getting overconfident and it was just it was weirdly edited and put together like it's not a good promo package for them
1: i i have that exact sentiment in my notes uh i couldn't understand what was going on for the first half of the promo and then he cuts into talking about how he's beaten all of these opponents individually he chooses his own matches and he chose to do this fatal four-way
0: yeah, it just didn't make any sense. I don't shouldn't have to fight these guys, but I chose to fight these guys.
1: What? We cut away from that, and then some hippie is coming out again. Dude, this guy needs to take a bath, man.
0: CJ Parker. He doesn't look like he's taking a bath since the first show.
1: But we cut over to Corbin, who's already in the ring. Yeah, <laughs> I have that jobber entrance. So this is Baron Corbin's debut. Matt, go ahead and fill us in.
0: Yeah, uh, CJ Parker. See the NXT Arrival show for Baron Corbin. Uh, Not a whole lot. He's got no wrestling background before this. Um, He was an amateur boxer. He did uh, Golden Gloves boxing, as they'll tell you every time he's in the ring. Um, He's an ex-football player. He was signed by... The Colts, and then released, and then signed, and then released, and then signed by the Cardinals, and released. Never played a game. He just kept getting signed and then released. In August of 2012, he was signed to NXT, and he's pretty much just been down in the Performance Center, becoming what you're about to see before you right now. He's made a couple appearances before now, but not for a really long time between his last appearance and this appearance. This is they're they're selling it as his debut. There's not a whole about him at this point and the only background to this match is cj parker asked for a match in the pre-show
1: renee calls parker a walking hot topic t-shirt matt do you take offense to this
0: I do. I used to wear exclusively Hot Topic clothing, and I never once looked or smelled like a dirty hippie. Used to, huh? Used to. I have to assume she meant Baron Corbin when she said that, because he's got, you know, the tattoos and the kind of metally gothic-y vibe, and she just got confused and said C.J. Parker.
1: Us ranting about this match and build up has gone longer than the actual match because it kicks off, has a big lariat and a self rock bottom and a three count.
0: Yeah, there was a fun fan chant of bad tattoo at Corbin, I think is what the fans were chanting. Is that what that was? I'm pretty sure they were chanting bad tattoo at him and then match is over following your favorite kind of move.
1: What is up with Corbin's gut? I don't know. Like everything else on him, his arms, his chest, his build looks okay, but his gut is weird. Well, he's
0: like a weird, big, tiny guy anyways. Like, it's just weird. He's just oddly shaped. And it didn't help that, like I said, he did the three moves, got out of the ring, and then the fans started chanting, thank you, Baron, for some reason. Like, I don't know what's going on. There's a weird looking dude who just slammed himself on the ground while holding another guy, and then it's over.
1: We go to a Tyson Kidd package building up for the main event tonight, and they show a picture of uh, Natty, Tyson Kidd, and Davey Boy Smith Jr., and it makes Kidd look so small because Natty's standing on a uh, like a soapbox or something in the middle, and he looks <laughs> like a midget.
0: <laughs> he did, but it, I really like this promo package, though. Like, Tyson Kidd has this, like, he's listing off facts. There's uh, the greatest high flyers in this match, facts. The guy with the most heart and determinations in this match, facts. A guy who's so arrogant, but it's okay because he's pretty. And then all of those things are me. Fact. Like, it was just such a good heel promo to where he's, I'm better than everybody. It was a much better promo and much better making him a heel as opposed to last time where it was like, I got to do this to try to get over. He got it in this promo package.
1: Coming up, we have a hair versus hair match. And it's at this point where I'm asking myself, where's Beefcake?
0: Right? I have another question for you here, along (laughs) the same lines. Has there ever been a hair-versus-hair match in the history of wrestling that anybody's cared about?
1: Not that I can think of.
0: I can only think of two, possibly. And that was Kurt Angle losing his hair because he just became so iconic with the bald head afterwards.
1: Well, he was already losing his hair if you didn't know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he he wanted to get it cut, but I mean, it still was, it, it became an iconic look for him. So the hair versus hair match gets a little bit of credit for that. And two is Molly Holly, who used the hair versus hair match to get herself a match at WrestleMania.
1: Oh, that is right. That was a good match too.
0: It was a good match. She found a way to get herself on the show. She came up with it. She got her head shaved. She actually shaved it. Those are the only two I could think of in all the history of wrestling that have ever
1: mattered. LaFort comes out first and he's French. He is French. You don't frighten us, English pig dogs.
0: Go and boil your bottom, sons of a silly person. I'll blow my nose at you, so-called Arthur King. You and all your silly English can
1: enzo and cass are backstage fighting over a bucket and spill nair on a dog that that is nair right
0: it wasn't it was supposed to be nair but they can't say nair for you know money reasons so they just called it the bucket they just kept referring to the bucket so
1: enzo comes out and first thing i have a question for you is is what is swat saw saw, before we even get
0: to that did you notice who was holding that dog Carmelo, just a fun fact. Carmelo was holding the dog. Um, They do play off of that later on, but we'll get into that in future episodes. What is soft is I can't spell and it's ridiculous.
1: Enzo does not look as carny as he will in the future, but I think he looks the most carny. Well, when he gets that cut out hat and has the uh, ragged hair pointing up the top of it. I
0: think this hair was even worse than the hair in the hat. I'd rather have hair in the hat than this. I think they called it a cheetah hawk at some point. It was ugly.
1: Don't you worry here? Pretty soon he'll have an infatuation with chickens.
0: Enzo. What's all this? My name is Enzo Amore, and I
1: am a certified.
0: Southern G, Southern, uh, you're not even Southern New Jersey, bro. Wait, wait a second. Does all this have something to do with that date you got tonight? With that Southern bowel that you keep talking about, take some cash. I'm a changed man. You see my Georgia? She deserves a man who carries himself with a certain Southern charm. A man who can appreciate how sweet and sassy she is. Someone who loves a crispy, dangy, honey mustard barbecue flavor. Wait, you're talking about chicken, aren't you?
1: Yeah. So I did learn that you can't teach a lot of things, according to Enzo and Cass. Like, you can't teach being seven foot whatever. You can't teach that. But you know what you can teach people? You can teach them to wrestle. And obviously, Enzo hasn't learned this yet. Not
0: completely, no. But before we get into that, would you like another round of background information?
1: Fill me in on who
0: all these people are, please. Who all of these people are. Okay, we'll start off with Sylvester LaFour, Frenchman. I don't want to talk to you no more, you empty-headed animal food-trough whopper. I fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt of elderberries. Trained by Lance Storm that gives him a check mark in my book. okay uh, he wrestled in the Indies internationally a lot of France and Europe and Canada and stuff under the name Eagle Mask. How awesome is that name? Why? I don't know, but it's such a good name. He then signed to France's like number one promotion. And wrestled there for a while and became so popular, they actually put out a documentary about his career. Like a That's French, cool. Yeah, there's a French documentary about this guy. Apparently, he was that good in France. Um, he was also on a reality series, reality show called World of Hurt, where they took 10 of Lance Storm's uh, graduates. And they kind of brought them together. And veteran wrestlers would give them tips on how to make it to the next level. There was only him and two others of note on the show. Tanil Dashwood, who we saw in the first episode as Emma. Okay. And Kira Hennigan, Hennigan, who would go on to become Taya Valkyrie, who has won pretty much every belt that doesn't exist in the WWE and is married to Johnny. I have a bunch of different last names Mundo, Impact, Morrison, whatever you want to call him. A couple names from it. He would then get signed to NXT. Uh, and he was signed as a manager originally. He originally managed Dawson, who would go on to be a member of the Revival, and Rusev. But Rusev dumped him pretty immediately to take on Lana. After that, he would team up with his cohort tonight, Marcus Louie, to form the Legionnaires. The only real information I could find on Marcus Louie was he was signed in 2013. Good for him. Yeah, it did say he had some background in kickboxing and was like a riot cop in France, but that's pretty much all the information for him. Big Cass, I, I feel sorry for him because as soon as I looked it up, he was trained under Johnny Rods. How do you get trained under Johnny Rods and then have to go do this He signed to FCW, didn't really do a whole lot until 2013 when they teamed him up with Enzo. And now I have to give you the background on Enzo, and I don't want to. He has no wrestling experience. He was signed because Triple H happened to start using the same gym that Enzo had been using since he was 16 years old. Enzo found out that Triple H was using it, filmed himself doing a bunch of promos, passed that on to the owner of the gym who passed it on to Triple H. Triple H liked the promos, like. He is a decent promo. He ended up getting signed in 2012. Didn't do a whole lot. Started teaming with Cass in 2013. And they've pretty much just been feuding with Sylvester LaFort since that time. They started off feuding with the Rusev and Dawson mix. And then when they went away and Marcus Louis took over, they started feuding with those two. A fun note, in November 2013, he had to leave for a while because he broke his leg. From what? And according to fellow wrestler Simon Gotch. He broke his own leg while trying to counter a wrist lock. <laughs> How? <Okay. laughs> he then returned in June to kick back up the feud with LaFort. This match came about because during that little kick up, LaFort and Louis attacked Enzo and shaved his beard. So Enzo challenged him to a hair versus hair match.
1: So as we get ready to kick this off, there were a couple of things that I was curious about. Apparently, how you doing is the new what chant tonight.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I do have a note, too, that the theme song and the gimmick, it 110% fits Enzo, but not cast at all. Cass really sticks out in this group. Like, he doesn't seem to fit this at all. Um, the music's all about Enzo. The whole, how you doing? The, I got words for you, whatever, is all Enzo. And the, the shtick is over for
1: some reason. When Enzo comes out, there's something about him that just doesn't look quite right. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> I did take a chance to go look up in the Urban Dictionary whatever this, uh, sa- mm-hmm. SAF word means. Saf. And I'll have you know, it means lame or whack.
0: Fair enough. I did not know it had an actual meaning. I just thought he was a big guy who couldn't spell.
1: So the match finally kicks off, and we go straight to the headlock and stalling.
0: I do have to say, technically, Enzo did not look bad. But everything he did looked 100% choreographed.
1: For some reason, we have Renee Young bringing up conversations about Hair and the special relationship you have with said hair.
0: In her defense on that, Byron actually initially uh, started that conversation, and I have in my notes, someone needs to keep Byron in check. Where are you, Regal?
1: Uh, We get more stalling, but we do get a decent drop kick from Enzo.
0: Like I said, he wasn't the worst wrestler in the world. It's just you could tell everything he's doing is choreographed.
1: Lots of taunts back and forth. Uh, LaFour has a good kick to the back. Renee has overtaken Saxton. It is annoying at this point. She asked Phillips and Saxton if they know any French words. Could you think of any off the top of your head? French words? Yeah. Pepe Lipiu? Because this match stinks. Well played, sir. I have a couple of myself if you want to take a listen.
0: <laughs> uh, let me hear some.
1: Run away. I surrender. <laughs> <laughs> Enzo gets a roll up at 538, finally.
0: And answer me this. Mm-hmm. Enzo was working this as the face. The crowd's definitely behind him as the
1: face. Right. He pulled the tights. Oh yeah. Why faces don't pull tights? So LaFour fights the haircut, but the crowd is into it for some reason, and I I don't know.
0: I, I'm annoyed. I just wrote down as a hair versus hair match with no actual hair removal.
1: They smaz up the ramp. Somehow LaFour gets away. Marcus Le- Louis.
0: Marcus Louis. Yeah.
1: Takes the fall on this by getting his hair, the bucket dumped over him. But, dude, this was bad. Yeah, it was so bad. No idea what's going on. We cut over to a promo package for Tyler Breeze. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a really good promo. Every outfit that I wear matches gold.
0: I love this promo.
1: Did you notice the pound signs in this promo?
0: I did. Hashtag Ugo. Hashtag The Hobbit. Hashtag Natty's Wife. Well done, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I was a big fan of that. Uh,
1: back to the announcer's booth. Did you know that NXT is on J Sports 3 in Japan now?
0: And then they have this little awkward joke?
1: Well, regardless of the joke, personally, myself, I'm a fan of Samurai TV, usually on Friday nights at 6. Uh, we cut over to a Mick Foley Network special promo. It was. I- Oh, it I'm was glad okay. you wrote
0: that down. I wrote that down. I love Mankind. I love that there was a special for Mankind.
1: But they're killing time, yeah. just like we are. <laughs> um,
0: it was one of the highlights of my night. I love Mankind.
1: But We cut back to JoJo in the ring, introducing his grace, Lord Regal. At least we get to see him. He's been general manager of NXT as of two weeks ago. He comes out and the first thing he does is hype nxt which is great because his promos are great by the way did you notice as he's coming out he's healing yes uh also he throws to a kenta package that includes brother brother man i
0: have that note i don't understand why you would have hulk hogan be the person to bring in kenta like out of everybody you could have chosen why hogan and jimmy hart well
1: matt who is kenta
0: He's huge at this point in time, everywhere except for America, unless you count NXT, because they are in love with this dude from the moment that his name is called out. He started in All Japan Pro Wrestling in 2000, and he worked their junior heavyweight division before it really got big. When one of the founders split off from All Japan and started Noah, um, he brought Kenta over with him. This is kind of how Kenta became a household name. While they were building up this junior, he- junior heavyweight division, which had never really been done with that kind of focus on that weight class, Kenta was there from the beginning. He went from being this brand new green young boy to the star. So he built that division on Kenta's back. He is responsible for that style of wrestling pretty much in Japan and that becoming big. In 2013, he moved up to the heavyweight division. He wrestled for Ring of Honor from 05 to 09. At this point in time in wrestling, you're either big or you're nobody. And he made it to where you didn't have to be anymore. You could be a smaller guy, and as long as you still worked believable, you could still be credible.
1: So, what did you think of his promo being in both the Japanese and English? <laughs> I'm going to to ring I'm going to i to
0: I have a note on that, that the crowd is super over for him, but then he starts the promo in Japanese, and then he loses the crowd for a moment. They're really confused. They're not 100% sure what's going on, Um, but then he switches it over to English. and happy to be here. I'm going to be Hideo Itami now, which I thought was weird. I don't know how I feel about the fact that everything was like, here's Kenta, here's Kenta, we have Kenta, and then Kenta goes, oh, yeah, just call me Hideo Itami now. It was just weird. Either just call him Hido, Hido Itami from the get-go or keep him as Kenta. So I didn't understand that. So it was just a weird thing because of that for me.
1: So I went out of my way on this one, and I was really curious. Did the Japanese promo match the English promo? What do you think? It seems close. I have a couple of notes. There were just a couple of nuances about it that were off just a little bit. Care to find out?
0: I'd say somewhere in the middle. Because he mentioned WWE and NXT in the English side, and I didn't hear that in the Japanese side.
1: Funny you should say that. Uh, Here's the literal translation of what he said to begin with. You ready? Mm -hmm. I am really happy to be able to stand in this ring today as this TV time is reserved for bowling today. Okay. That's because at this time, I had to go back to the uh, Wayback Machine to check this. Mm -hmm. On J-Sports 3, bowling tournaments should be playing right now instead of NXT. This is actual special for them over there. Nice. I'm here today and want to make a new start. And that's why he went and changed his name. Mm -hmm. I'm in this ring. To be a hero to everyone.
0: Uh, That makes sense then, because the literal translation for Hideo Itami is hero of pain.
1: I do want to say his English was actually really good for this.
0: It was not bad. A lot of times when they bring in somebody that's, you know, super new, hasn't really done a lot of America, the English can be hit or miss. But this was not bad. He was was really good.
1: But the Ascension come out to break up the party. Regal shakes his head in disappointment. And dude, I'm telling you, if that guy was my dad, if he shook his head in disappointment like that at me, I'd have to make life changes.
0: Exactly. Hideo sold it by not selling it, which was great.
1: Yeah, they uh, the Ascension throw out Kenta and start to demand a rematch, but Kenta has none of it and comes back in and cleans house. Yeah,
0: immediately beats down both of them. Another thing that ties into the, I, I, I assume that the Ascension's about to be called up. Why are you burying them twice in one night?
1: I don't necessarily think this was a burial, dude, because I honestly think that they not only make Kenta look strong, they also helped the Lucha Dragons get really over earlier tonight.
0: But that's what I'm saying, I think you do one or the other. I think when you do both, you're you're now a bit devalued. After you you know, you're you're the tag champs for three hundred and forty four days, nobody wants to fight you, you finally get beat, and then a single person beats you.
1: It's time, Matt.
0: Is it prayer time?
1: It is prayer time.
0: <sighs> My least favorite time of the show.
1: We have a very short package going over how to pray for Mojo. We do. And we cut away and we go to Bull Dempsey coming out. To the ring to bull chance.
0: Yeah, uh, generic big dude is generic as the crowd yells, Bull, Bull,
1: Bull. And I finally figured out who Mojo raleigh is. His name is Dr. Roxo, he's the rock and roll clown. He does cocaine, and I'm afraid that's all we know.
0: Oh! <laughs> yeah! A lot of cocaine.
1: Tell me about Bull Dempsey.
0: Bull Dempsey has been wrestling since 2005, and he's pretty much just been doing indies. Not a lot of information on him. Fair enough. Is from what I could tell on NXT, his gimmick is kind of a everyman gimmick, which doesn't make sense because he's this bigish, evilish-looking dude, though g- very generic-looking. I, I don't know. Not a lot to him. Um, The build-up for this match, which they kind of go over themselves, is they teamed up in the tag tournament for reasons, and then they lost, so Bull beat up Mojo, and now they're going to have a match.
1: Bull kicks it off and just batters Mojo right away. Mojo turns around and hits a Fez press, followed up by a few awful, awful clubs. It's
0: at this time, I had to actually look something up. The fans start chanting, we want Steen, we want Steen. And I looked it up, and apparently Kevin Steen, who would go on to become Kevin Owens, was signed the month before this.
1: Yes, and right after this match, we cut to the announcers who cannot ignore this, talking about the new NXT signings that they have coming, and mention him specifically by name.
0: Well, Apparently, a lot of the fans assumed Kevin Steen would either be the mystery opponent for CJ Parker or maybe he was who was going to get announced by Regal. So that's why they start chanting it immediately after those two things, is they want Steen at this point. It's definitely the first time in an NXT show that we've seen that the fans are chanting something that has nothing to do with the match. Yeah.
1: Bull throws Mojo off. Uh, Mojo puts Bull in the corner and tries to find some offense. Bull plows Mojo over, goes up top, hits a top rope headbutt for the three in a minute ten. Bull tries to fill time by going back up after And just battering Mojo some more for reasons. But what was this, man?
0: It was, I'm going to do a flying headbutt, even though nobody should do a flying headbutt in this day and age. So I'm going to do it twice. It's weird that Mojo destroyed CJ Parker two shows ago. And now, for the past two shows, he's just been cannon fodder for new big
1: dudes? We cut away directly to Enzo and Cass in the back talking about Bigfoot?
0: Sasquatches and... Trying to find Marcus Louis.
1: That's all the time I'm giving this. Moving on.
0: Uh, well, I have one note on this. Props to Marcus Louis. You know, they dipped his head in the bucket that was supposed to remove all hair. The dude shaved his eyebrows.
1: That is some dedication right there.
0: Why? Why? I mean, the head's obviously shaved, so you didn't use hair removal on it. So, dumb. Why shave your eyebrows? And Cass proceeds to now spell bald wrong as well.
1: We throw to Charlotte and Bailey package. Uh, Matt, who is Bailey?
0: Well, first off, the package was pretty well put together. Um, It goes over Bailey as this happy-go-lucky character. Charlotte's a bully. It did a good job. Bailey is a wrestler. She started off wrestling at the age of 18 with the ring name Davina Rose. Um, She did a lot of indies in California couple notable ones nwa championship wrestling of hollywood we've seen a couple shows from that that promotion that's where tim storm had to kiss his foot match as well as shine women's wrestling um she did that didn't do a whole lot uh, before she was signed in 2012 and she actually debuted wearing a mask and then came up with the character bailey and even then it took a couple months before she started this whole doe-eyed fangirl hugger gimmick charlotte is charlotte see last episode
1: Bailey comes out, and Phillips just has the absolute best commentary for this. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Hi, I'm Al Harrington, president
0: and CEO of Al Harrington's wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man emporium and warehouse. Thanks
1: to a shipping error, I am now currently overstocked on wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men, and I am passing the savings on to you. Charlotte comes out without Rick and has
0: new gear. What do you think? Um. Actually, before that, I had one other note. As Bailey's coming out, she takes off her headband and gives it to a fan. Renee says, getting a headband from Bailey is like getting Bret Hart's glasses. Even Byron can't hide how ridiculous that sounds and scoffs at her. Good. <laughs> I like Charlotte's look. This is definitely, like I said, I, I thought last episode was going to be the best Charlotte ever looked. But this episode, she looks really good. She should have stayed at this look.
1: So the fans start chanting, Bailey's going to hug you. And it's at this point I notice something magnificent. the referee for this match, Drake Warren's Tan Reff. He's finally here, Matt.
0: It is the Tan Ref.
1: So Charlotte goes for a taunting handshake. And after some thought, Bailey pushes her in the corner. Bailey goes back to the corner, but Charlotte knees her in the face uh, and follows up with chops.
0: She is keeping this bully gimmick going with this match.
1: Charlotte hits a full Nelson stunner, which I thought was really neat.
0: Yeah, I called it a backwards headbreaker because I didn't think about calling it a full Nelson stunner. It looked phenomenal.
1: And we go back into the figure four headlock, and it's at this point where Tom Phillips hits one of the best lines of the night.
0: Well, there's an old saying coined by Bobby Heenan: "What's fair to Flair, well- start a campaign. It's not fair for Flair." With that in mind, Flair. ladies and gentlemen, let's fair get for- to everybody, action. everybody, not the Avo I
1: mean, no Jim Night Arms coming against the Mounties now.
0: Yeah, I really like this face smash because not only did the fa- does the face smash look good and it's nice to get the continuity of her using this as a move, but Bailey actually turns it into a pin.
1: Charlotte turns the head figure four over and dives Bailey's head into the mat a few times. I don't get this move all the way because aren't her knees taking the full force of this?
0: Yeah, but it just still looks like you're smashing the face and that's all fans care about.
1: Bailey rolls it over and bridges it for a two count.
0: Really good looking pin attempt.
1: Charlotte is showing better heel taunts this time.
0: Yeah, she's doing a lot better job.
1: Uh, there are a few rest spots, but they are good for the heel heat, and mm-hmm. they pace the match out really good. Charlotte puts Bailey in the f- head figure four again, and Ford rolls Bailey over a couple of times while she's still in the move.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not sure what this move would be doing to people, but it looked great on camera.
1: Charlotte tries to choke Bailey out with the head figure four and throws in a couple of strikes while she's doing it. She then reaches over and grabs Bailey's legs for a new kind of roll-up, it looked kind of awkward, but at the same time looked really good,
0: yeah, it was uh, Charlotte's definitely you could tell she's at the beginning of becoming a chain wrestler because she's chaining everything she does together, but there's still a couple hiccups here and there. but it still looks really smooth.
1: Charlotte gets up and goes for a figure eight, but Bailey gets Charlotte and a schoolgirl only for a two count. Charlotte gets up and hits one of the greatest drop kicks I've ever seen in NXT so far.
0: Really good drop kick.
1: Charlotte goes for a body slam, but Bailey flips over and goes for another two-count schoolgirl. She then follows up with a big knee to Bailey's stomach, picks Bailey up, but Bailey jumps for an elbow to Charlotte's face. Charlotte is taking her time and controlling the match very well.
0: Crowd is a hundred percent behind Bailey.
1: Charlotte goes up top, but Bailey stops her and follows her up to the top. Bailey hits a couple of loud slaps and nails a perfect top rope Karana. It was
0: great. Phenomenal.
1: Bailey tries to pin Charlotte, but gets a two count. She then goes for a Bailey to Bailey.
0: Bailey to Bailey. Her counter into the roll up was phenomenal. I hate that Bailey's finishing move is a belly to belly suplex.
1: It's one of those moves that you give a generic wrestler on 2K whatever yeah. when you're just starting out.
0: Like, I, I get that there's a pun because the names sound the same, but I, I hate that that's her finishing move.
1: Charlotte is on the ground and scoops under Bailey for what looks like a roll-up, but they're close to the corner and Bailey just smacks the shit out of the back of her head on the bottom turnbuckle.
0: Yeah, I call it a roll-up slam into the bottom turnbuckle. It just it looked painful. It even made the announcers be quiet for a second because it just looked wicked. It looks so bad.
1: After a little bit of stalling to make sure that Bailey's okay from the ref, Charlotte drags her out of the corner and goes up top for a moonsault. It mm. wasn't the greatest moonsault, but it was safe and it only gets a two count.
0: I have a note on that. It's It was a beautiful moonsaw until she landed. (laughs) but she landed so perfectly not to hurt anybody that you can't really take it away from her. But it just looked like no impact because she kind of landed on her feet a little bit. It was just like, Oh man, this is beautiful. Oh, that was a safe way to land it. But damn, you took away from the impact of this move.
1: Both start to get up and Charlotte grabs Bailey's hair and hits a natural selection. It's like a snapmare, but with a handful of hair and she gets three in 1045. Yeah.
0: That's what uh, I think last episode we talked about it it was called the bow down to the queen uh, natural selection is a much better name for it
1: great match both looked strong charlotte because it was a great defense of her title bailey because it was a great debut on a takeover
0: i uh, see i wouldn't give a great match i'd give a good match I think it was a little slow, you know, I was fighting to not compare it to Charlotte and Natty from last episode because I, I didn't I didn't want to do that to Bailey. Bailey's not Natty, you know Bailey, Bailey hasn't been wrestling for 30 years. It, it was a good match. it was serviceable. I, I just don't know if it was a pay-per-view match
1: So this is where it gets a little bit of confusing after the match. Yes, because Sasha comes down and nags at Bailey, but Charlotte mm-hmm. goes in for the save. Is she a face now? Well, I
0: I actually, before we get into that, I I did something just for you.
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: Sasha Banks is wearing a shirt that says, I'm not ratchet. And the crowd chants, she's a ratchet. No, she's not. I looked up what ratchet means for you, because I'm sure you don't know.
1: I have not a clue.
0: According to Urban Dictionary, ratchet is a mispronunciation of the word wretched, meaning of poor quality, very bad. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what was going on here. Like I said, she worked the whole the whole promo package was Charlotte's a hill. The whole match was Charlotte's a hill, and then we end the match with Charlotte's a good guy. I I don't, I don't get it. I, I just I didn't understand the ending, and it was the same thing last last show with her and Natty hugging afterwards. Like I Charlotte really needs to either embrace face or hill at this point, point. and I, I don't understand what's going on.
1: Bailey has a great pouty baby face look to her. She's placed perfectly chasing the women's belt at this point.
0: Yeah, I forgot to mention earlier, I had the note that she looks terrified as the match is getting ready to go, which is exactly how she should look. Like, she's this person that's loved wrestling all her life. They, I think one of the commentators even mentioned it, like, she loves wrestling, and she's getting to be in the ring with Ric Flair's daughter. This is just, you know, it's
1: just, she plays this gimmick really well. We cut away to an L generic or Sami Zayn promo package.
0: It was all right. I really didn't have much for it. It was another Sami Zayn's an underdog, and that's what makes him not an underdog promo package. It's good. It's just the same one we've seen for the past two shows.
1: And then we go straight to a promo package for SummerSlam, which I promptly skipped. Yeah, me too. So the first one we have coming out is Tyler Breeze, and they finally have his phone streaming to the Titantron.
0: Yeah, I love this entrance, man. It is by far the best entrance in NXT.
1: Sammy Zayn comes out, and announcers go over the Fatal Four-Way rules, or lack thereof.
0: Yeah, Sammy Ska's out. No, Do you what? don't know what out. He does, like, dancing to Ska music. They call it skanking. He kind of does the little... Yep. Okay. I'm on it. Okay. Yep, leave that in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tyson Kidd comes out without Natty, but with headphones on.
0: And looks more generic than ever.
1: Quick cut to last week's Raw with uh, everybody in this being on a tag team. Noted. And then Neville comes out.
0: Yeah. He might be, and I know I've been using the word generic a lot tonight, but he might be the blandest champion on any promotion ever.
1: So the ring announcements start when everybody gets in the ring, right? Mm -hmm. Is Tyler Breeze's residence changing every takeover? I didn't notice. I haven't gone back to listen yet, but I'd be very curious to know what the announcement is. What they call his residence on this one? I don't have it written down, but I know that the fans booed it. So it must be like the anti town of where Full Sail is. Nice.
0: I did get that the crowd is chanting Ole, Ole, Ole again because they really
1: want to do that more than the O, oh, O, oh, O, oh, O, oh, O. Oh. So we kick off with a standoff. And then? And then we start getting Natty's wife's chant. I do want to note that the announcers, being that it's the PC era of wrestling, mm-hmm. do their best to ignore the shit out of this.
0: They mentioned it a couple of times, but they're trying to sell it as a bad thing of, oh, he's his own man. He's not just Natty's wife or Natty's husband.
1: you got to admit that the crowd actually built this matchup when it first started off because that standoff was going on just a little bit too long.
0: Oh, yeah, the crowd's into everybody.
1: Weirdly. So the four of them actually go into a four-way test of strength. Hugh's gut kicked the faces and we're off straight into your smas.
0: Total schmas. The test of strength is not bad, but it's quickly broken up, and everybody goes outside to fight. Not much going on.
1: Sami Zayn and Neville get back in the ring and stare off. And at this point, the fans are now thoroughly confused. Yep. However, the heels, Tyson Kidd and Tyler Breeze, brum rush Sami Zayn and Neville as they are caught off guard. So the crowd's kind of back into it now. Uh huh. But we immediately go right back outside. Right back into schmas. Uh, this is probably the spot of the match. No, 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 no. Spot of the night. Where Sami Zayn takes Tyler Breeze's phone and hits him with it and then takes his own selfie. It was so good. Thumbs up and everything. The crowd is torn between who to watch here because you have faces on one side, heels on the other. You have a schmoz between Neville and Kid, And the camera tries to cut away quickly to them because there was a loud chop, but hmm. they completely missed it. So... Obviously, whoever put together this match didn't do too good of a coordination gig right here. No,
0: it was was on the weaker side.
1: But this is the downfall of a four-way match. Who do the fans and the cameras focus on for the duration?
0: Well, that's why usually you have two in the ring and two outside the ring.
1: Well, thankfully, they start picking it back up and getting back on script or something. Because now the camera's in sync, the crowd's in sync, and the wrestlers actually know what's going on. Even though it results in more brawling to the outside. But Tyson Kidd runs over to attack Sami Zayn and puts him in the ring. But Sami quickly puts Tyson Kidd in the Koji Clutch.
0: Yeah, it was Great move. He he rolled him up out of nowhere into a arm bar, head bar submission looking thing.
1: Tyler Breeze breaks it up and Neville puts Breeze back out of the ring. All four go outside and straight up the ramp. Tyson Kidd and Breeze hit Sami Zayn with a double suplex on the ramp. Yep. Tyson Kidd and Sami Zayn are back in the ring and Tyler Breeze joins them. Neville tries to get in. But is told no by Tyler. Mm -hmm. The crowd starts chanting, Natty's better.
0: Which is not bad for the gimmick that they're going. The whole Natty's husband type gimmick. It's still focused on the competitors. I'm okay with this chant.
1: So Tyson keeps Neville from getting back in. And Tyler Breeze and Tyson Kidd keep working over Sami Zayn. It was at this point where I started making a note of how many times Neville tried to get to the ring and get kicked out. Ooh, a Neville count. Tyson Kidd knocks Tyler Breeze outside and gets a two count on Sami Zayn. Neville tries another time to get in and gets booted right out on the apron by Tyson Kidd. Mm-hmm. The focus is on Kidd and Sami Zayn in the ring as we go to a headlock from Kidd. Another Neville rejection. Tyson Kidd gets a two count on Sami Zayn. It's followed up with a few hits to the head on Sami. Did this turn into a Tyson Kidd versus Sami Zayn match for a little bit?
0: It, it did. It Tyson Kidd worked probably 90% of this match. Sammy worked probably about 60%, but it was it was heavily focused on Tyson.
1: Tyson Kidd has solid offense on Sammy Zayn in the corner, and I have a question here for you. Uh, yep. Is Tyler Breeze dead? If so, when was the service? He might be. Uh, it was
0: a pretty good kick that kicked him from the middle of the ring all the way outside, so maybe, or maybe... He's just playing smart heel.
1: So Neville makes it in the ring for a couple of seconds, but alas, rejected yet again.
0: Immediately thrown right back out.
1: He makes it back in for another chance, but guess what? Tyler Breeze is back from the dead. He's been resurrected to reject Neville.
0: (laughs) So Tyson Kidd takes out Neville once again before setting Sami Zayn up in a Tree of Woe and then taking out Neville again before completing a dropkick to the Sami Zayn in the Tree of Woe. I know how much you love this spot.
1: And that is exactly why I skipped it in my notes. <laughs> Sami Zayn dropkicks Tyler Breeze to the outside. Sammy starts to run and get ready for a suicide dive over the top. But Neville runs back in again. This time, he stops Sami Zayn from going over the top ropes. But he's on the apron. And then he just randomly jumps up on the second rope and moonsaults onto Tyson Kidd and Tyler Breeze on the outside. It looked phenomenal.
0: It was a good moonsault. The only issue I had was. As Sammy was setting up in the ring to do the run, Neville was already up on the ra- on the apron, so he was just kind of waiting there for the spot to happen. He was just a little too early to set up the spot, but the moonsault itself looked phenomenal.
1: Neville and Sami Zayn stare at each other once again as the crowd cheers the possible fight, because I think now they're starting to figure out what's going on, and they're a little better into it.
0: Yeah, they want this wrestler versus wrestler.
1: I have a note here that says Neville is in the ring finally.
0: Neville has made the
1: ring. Neville and Sami Zayn start going at it, and the crowd is ecstatic. Neville wishes he hadn't
0: got to the ring because he does a cartwheel into a back handspring, and Sami Zayn drops him on his head.
1: Yeah, I have here the backflip jumping botch. Mm,
0: Yeah, Zayn almost killed Neville, or Neville almost killed Neville. I'm not sure who was at fault in this one.
1: Uh, Sami Zayn, being the ring general, covers the botch up really quick with a roll-up, but Tyson Kidd comes in and breaks it up at a two. Tyson Kidd dumps Sami Zayn outside, and it's Tyson Kidd and Neville in the ring this time. Tyson Kidd puts Neville on the top rope in the corner, but Sami Zayn rushes in. Kidd sees him coming and throws him over into Neville, dumping him outside yet again.
0: See, my note on this is just, Tyson almost kills everyone. <laughs> it looked like Sami Zayn made head-to-head contact with Neville, and then both of them just fell from the top rope to the outside.
1: Yeah, uh, Tyson Kidd dumps Tyler Breeze outside. Where did he come from?
0: I don't know, but that one also looked nasty. It just, this whole spot was nasty.
1: Tyson Kidd hits a swinging netbreaker on Sammy for a two count.
0: Was that a swinging netbreaker? It looked like, I would call it a fisherman cutter. It looked like he was setting up for the fisherman suplex, but then did a swinging netbreaker out of that.
1: Changed his mind halfway through the spot. Yeah, like it looked really good. Tyson Kidd tries for a sharpshooter on Sammy, but gets countered and Kidd tries again. This is a confusion Spot right here.
0: I think it went the way it was supposed to go, but it was yeah, it was weird looking.
1: Sammy Zane kicks Tyson Kidd out of the ropes onto the apron. As Sammy goes to grab Kid from the apron, Kid nails a very snug kick to the head, and Sammy Zane sells like death.
0: Sure? Tyson, I think it really kicked him in the head.
1: Tyson Kid flies over for an elbow on Sammy, but Tyson Kidd catches a knee. Sammy puts Kid in the corner and goes for something, but Tyler Breeze, using his powers of witchcraft and heresy and all that other magical crap, appears to whirlwind kick Sami Zayn and super kick Tyson Kidd.
0: Yeah, he hit the beauty shot, which is his finishing move, and then the super kick, which I think they called the model kick or something. Dude, it wasn't even that. He appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, he did appear out of nowhere. But then he followed it up with a third kick, a third different kind of kick, a drop kick to Neville, yeah, so he, he does the drop kick on Neville. So he hits three different kicks in a matter of three seconds on three different people. He can actually wrestle. The fact that he's been hiding out most of this match, it it really shows that they might be underutilizing him a little bit.
1: And then Tyler Breeze goes for a humping pin. Giggity, 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 goo. But it only yes. gets a two count. Tyler Breeze then tries to pin Kid instead, but only gets a two also, so he went from that humpy pin immediately over to uh, Tyson Kidd to try to pin him. It was, it, was, it was smart. He then throws a tantrum because he couldn't finish the match. He must learn that he should use his teleportation powers for good instead of heresy. <laughs> Tyler picks up Neville and sets him up in the corner on top, goes up for a suplex. Kid joins in, but Sami Zayn gets underneath both of them, or all three of them, And suplexes all of them off the top.
0: This is another one of those spots I know is your favorite spot. Moving on. Jesus. As much as I know you hate this spot, this is probably the best done version of this spot I think I've ever seen. Like, it was actually clean. It was well done. It really looked like Sami Zayn was powerbombing the three of them.
1: Sami then goes to pin Tyson Kidd and only gets a two count with the crowd chanting, that was sweet and this is wrestling. Yep. Sami Zayn is the first one up, followed by Tyson Kidd. He puts Kid in the corner and gives him uh, and gives him the boots. Sammy runs to the other corner to get ready for something, but Neville is there and issues Sammy probably one of the stiffest kicks to the head we've ever seen.
0: And that's saying a lot for this match alone.
1: Sammy folds over like a sack of potatoes, man. Neville goes up for the Red Arrow, but Tyson Kidd stops him, but gets battered away. Neville goes up and hits a Shooting Star Press on Sammy Zayn. Tyler Breeze. Portals using his black magic and dumps Neville just as soon as he tried to get the pin on Sami Zayn.
0: And at this point, we have more This Is Wrestling chants, a 2 2 2 chant, and an NXT chant. The crowd is super hot into this match at
1: the moment. Tyler Breeze goes for the pin on Sami Zayn, but only gets a two count, and he is shocked. Yeah, he gets up and goes for the beauty shot on Sammy, but he ducks and Tyson Kidd was waiting there and turns it into a sharpshooter. It was a beautiful counter. Tyler Breeze tries to make his way to the ropes, but Kid drags him back into the center of the ring. Dead center. As he's reaching out, Neville comes in and grabs him by the arm for a modified arm bar number 57.
0: No, that's not what was going on. It was Breeze was attempting to tap, and Neville stopped him from tapping.
1: Sami Zayn comes back in to break it all up, and Tyler Breeze rolls outside. Then the crowd starts chanting, thank you, Neville. Why?
0: Because he didn't allow Tyson Kidd to get the win. Okay. He stopped Breeze from tapping out.
1: Sammy and Neville trade punches and kicks in the middle. Neville runs towards Sammy, but Sammy ducks and puts Neville outside. Tysey Kid runs towards Sammy after he dumps Neville outside, but Sammy catches him for an exploder suplex in the corner.
0: And now it's time for Zane to kill everybody.
1: Sammy Zane gets ready to hit Kid in the corner, but he detours to fly outside onto Neville, and we go straight into a holy shit champ.
0: Yeah, Neville did not catch him very well, and it looked like Sammy landed on his head.
1: Sammy gets up and goes around the ring and flies through the corner between the ropes to hit Tyler Breeze with a swinging DDT. And now we have the death of Breeze. Sammy gets back up and hits Kid with a A haluva kick in the corner. As the ref goes for three, Neville pulls him out of the ring to break up the count. There's was a really good
0: moment here to where even he had a shock look on his face that he couldn't believe he would do something that was considered taboo or bad or, you know, hillish. So he, he played that off well. Sammy played it off well. The ref played it off well. The announcers suck, so they didn't play it off well.
1: But it was, it was a really nice spot. Sammy goes outside to take it up with Neville, but Neville catches him with a kick. Where is Tyler Breeze at this point?
0: He was murdered with a through-the-ropes swinging DDT onto the floor.
1: I'm just assuming that his Dark Master called him back to the summoning portal. <laughs> no, he, he did. Neville runs from the outside and hits the red arrow on Kid for the three as Sammy tried to stop him. Now, I have a note here concerning our last episode. Last episode, we said Sami Zayn says he learns from defeat. Mm-hmm. So I ask you now, does he have a doctorate yet?
0: He's got to be getting close because I don't think we've seen him win a match yet.
1: But again, he looks really strong in this loss.
0: Yeah, No, he only lost because his friend, who's supposed to also be a face, pulled a Hillish tactic and pulled the ref out of the ring. So he doesn't look bad in this loss.
1: Tyson Kidd and Tyler Breeze also look really good in this match as well, too.
0: I, said, I think we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, that Tyler Breeze might still be a little bit green. So they didn't use him as much throughout this match, but the spots he was in were really good. And then they gave... Tyson Kidd 90% of the match to just show how great he is.
1: It was a damn good match. It was well paced and kept well together once the match actually got going.
0: Yeah, it's it's by far the best main event we've seen so far.
1: The show started off on a downward slope for the first hour. And I, yeah. to be honest with you, it, I actually had to take a couple of breaks during the first hour. Uh, it was a very slow build. But once the women's match came on, uh, it picked right up and straight into the fatal four way. It was great.
0: No, I I did. I had to take a break after the women's match, not because the women's match was bad, just because the first hour had been that draining that the women's match was good. And it was like, I'm in a good headspace now, but let me take a minute before I watch the the main event. So I'm not judging it based off of the slowness of the first hour.
1: So I have a couple of questions for our followers and fans. Okay. Answer below in the comments. Uh, Shoot us a note on the twatter, which we'll go over in a second. How many times did Renee Young say what tonight?
0: <laughs> I'm going to All- guess 17.
1: Also, how many times this show does Renee ask if we're going to see a new champ during uh, during a particular match?
0: 13.
1: Answer below in the comments. Follow us on Twitter, at Faithful Wrestling. The winner of this will get an email from me. We haven't quite figured out prizes yet. <laughs>
0: oh, what was the uh, answer to the Neville watch? Ah,
1: So Neville... <laughs> successfully went in the ring and got kicked out right away 10 times during this match i would have not guessed
0: 10 times like i knew it was a bunch but wow
1: our next show is going to be in december on, uh, on december 11th mm-hmm. it's going to be take over our evolution Re- revolution
0: our evolution yeah uh yeah i think it's supposed to be our evolution what did you think of the show overall
1: Like I said, I thought that the first hour was really slow. It almost got to a point to where it was monotonous. Thankfully, when the women's match kicked off, we were good to go for the rest of the show. Fair enough. Any
0: must-watch matches?
1: I would definitely say the women's match would be the must-watch of this show. There was just too much stuff going on in the Fatal 4 way. I'm not too big of a fan on matches that involve more than uh, two people. I'm borderline on a triple threat. But when you have a Fatal 4-Way going on, just like we saw at the beginning of the match, it's mm. hard for the fans and the cameramen to kind of keep up as to what's going on. It looks sloppy, can come off really unorganized. And the story I know was there and it worked for this one. But normally when you have matches with all these people in it outside of a tag match, everything just gets kind of convoluted really quickly. And, and the fans don't really know what it is that they want out of the scenario.
0: I can see that. Um, For me, I didn't really have a, you need to go out and watch this match. I said the women's match wasn't bad. The main event was the best main event we've seen so far. But there were none of them that that I would, that really stuck out as, you really need to watch these matches to me. So, with all of that out of the way, we come to the highlight of the show. Shit, who is my heel of the night? Once again, picking up the victory for me is Tyler Breeze. Not so much for his matchwork. It's just that they did a shot in the back where he was getting ready for the match, and he had these three beautiful women like, you should wear this jacket, you should wear this jacket, you should wear this, and he just shunned them all so he could go back to his camera. It was great. He's got this whole hair room, and he hates them. It's phenomenal. And yours?
1: For Heel of the Night, it was tough, but after scouring the whole show, I'm gonna have to go with Flair of the Rick variety. Rick, you were highlighted in the promo package for Charlotte. Where were you tonight?
0: So he's the hill of the night for no showing? Absolutely. I can stand by that.
1: As always, subscribe and follow us on YouTube. You can also follow our twits on the Twatter at face for wrestling.
0: That's face the number four wrestling.
1: I also figured out how to do this SoundCloud thing and also make a podcast channel. And give me about twenty four hours and a podcast channel should be up. But it's totally face for wrestling on SoundCloud and podcast channels for Apple devices. That's face and the number four wrestling. Totally not. It's face four wrestling because reasons. Oh, it's not the number four. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's face F O R wrestling, except for Twitter, which is face the number four wrestling. So that out of the way, that brings us to the end of the show. Signing off for another episode of NXT. I'm the Matt,
1: and I'm Waldo, as always,
0: and Dr. Brian. Thank you for joining us
1: i really like your insight on that fatal four-way match doctor he's been there you can tell and join us again next month for nxt takeover our
0: revolution our revolution
1: our Our revolution
0: wait is it a pirate team show is the pirate here
1: no not yet she's still on the she is on the boat now and she's on her way
0: ah